Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about reimagining API creation. It's my privilege to be speaking with Jamie Ryan. He's Senior Director, Product Management and Strategy with CA Technologies. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Tom. Thank you. So, Jamie, APIs have become the key technology investment for agile digital businesses. What's fundamentally wrong, though, with the way that many organizations are creating APIs? The problem is that even though we're using different terminology or and different technology, there's nothing really revolutionary about the approach to API and application development now as compared to the last couple decades. It's essentially following those traditional software development patterns that go back through history. And the two attributes that you see over and over again is that they're very code-heavy and they're very process-heavy. So if you had asked me 10 years ago how to build an application, uh, I would have said, okay, you pull up an IDE like Eclipse and you start writing a bunch of Java. You connect it to an app server, web server, web logic, web methods. You create a connection pool to a database. Uh, you write a bunch of SQL statements to interact with the database. And you have to code in all the application logic and business requirements. So we're talking weeks of work here. Uh, you have to manually write the security code to grant access to certain data uh, based on the user. You have to take a bunch of time to define your functional interfaces. Uh, that essentially becomes, well, you're a, now we would call it an API. Uh, back then, uh, it would be a SOAP interface or uh, a method. Uh, and then you map those parameters in, the, in your SQL to uh, the input to the Java methods. And then you almost directly expose those as operations in a SOAP interface. So you have some libraries that serialize and deserialize Java.xml, wrap the SOAP envelope around it, and then you have to compile, deploy, maintain, and you're still only half done. Then you have to do the, the web application side of things, uh, the client side. So you're making function calls for SOAP and PHP or JSP. So it's really messy. If you ask most application architects today, they'd say something pretty similar. It hasn't really changed a lot. So they've, they might have some new tools to help. They might use Hibernate to define uh, an object model and generate a bunch of code to better interact with the database. Maybe they're using more dynamic languages like Node.js. And maybe they put a little more thought into the interaction pattern and message formats, uh, making them more useful to mobile applications. But you're still going to end up with an incredibly code-heavy and process-heavy scenario. So if you're doing code gen, you still have to compile, deploy, manage that code. If you're using Node, you still have to write the application logic yourself. You still have to write that security. If you're building a nice, clean Swagger interface, you still end up in a text editor writing markup uh, in YAML or something similar. And then you still have to write that back-end code that actually does the work behind the interface. So no matter how we approach it, you still end up doing things code first, not code last. This means you have to be really skilled to create value and get your applications to be enterprise class, and it takes a lot of time. We're talking about a lot of different skill sets. You need SQL experts, Node.js experts, API design experts, and many others. And they need to work with all these different tools and IDEs and languages. Instead, we'd like writing code or even maintaining auto-generated code to be the absolute last option uh, when you're building applications, to only be used uh, when absolutely necessary. And, and it still seems like we're pretty far from that. 
So, Jamie, the traditional process, as you describe it, it's code-heavy, it's process-heavy. Where are the inherent security vulnerabilities? They're all over the place. So you, you really need to worry about kind of uh, defense in depth. So you need to secure the entire channel from end to end and at every layer of, of the OSI stack. So it starts at the user and goes all the way back to the database. So from, the say, a phone that they're using, uh, the application on that phone, uh, that application might make an API call. That has to go back to an enterprise somewhere, a data center somewhere by calling an API. That has to go through an IP firewall. Uh, there's probably an application gateway that's doing some of the, the security at the application layer, get to the actual server that's running and hosting the API, and then get to the underlying data store. So there's a lot of stuff that you have to secure. Some of the vulnerabilities and the solutions are pretty standard but difficult to implement. So you have to do things like securing the protocol layer uh, using SSL, especially you'd like to do mutual off, uh, mutually authenticated SSL. You want to secure the message layer. You might want to encrypt and sign payloads when necessary. You want to do some schema validation so you know exactly what you're, uh, what you're getting and that nothing is, is going to break your backend application. You want to inspect the content for threats, uh, things like SQL injection, code injection, cross-site scripting. These are all really, really important. And then there's a whole category of security centered on identity, which is, is really key to APIs. So from an API perspective, you need to know the identity of the user, the application, and the device that they're on. So you can validate that it's a known user uh, using a known application on a secure device. Uh, so there's mechanisms for that. There's standards like OAuth and OpenID Connect. Uh, there are keychains and key stores on the phones themselves uh, that allow you to, to do some manipulation there. And then you might also need to know their role to grant less granular access to an entire group of people. You don't want to have to define access uh, one user at a time. So really end-to-end and identity is, is key. Jamie, you have the opportunity to see lots of different organizations. Which vulnerabilities do you see them most commonly overlooking? Oh, man, you'd be amazed. So many organizations think security by obscurity is a legitimate answer to the issue, and it couldn't be further from the truth. I've actually heard advertisements from security companies that uh, that say things like that. They, they can't hack what they can't see. Oh, sure they can. So... Companies are building apps that embed API keys into every instance of the app, and like that, so you can simply reverse engineer it, extract the key. People have done this, uh, famously in the case of, of Snapchat, and then you can basically spoof an API by pretending uh, the request is coming from a, a legitimate app when really it's a malicious one that, that you've built. In the Snapchat case, they also failed to limit the number of times an API could be called. So you could essentially test every possible value for a phone number and get back information about that user, whether they were a member, what their user ID was, uh, all that stuff, because you can just pipe it, pump it through uh, at high volumes uh, using a, a script. More recently, it was discovered that the Nissan Leaf uh, app was calling unpublished APIs that had no real security at all. So somebody captured the URL that they were calling, uh, they recognized that the only real identifier in there was a VIN number, which you can read through the uh, windshield of any uh, any car 
by law, and you can make calls to those URLs with with a VIN and immediately control the air conditioner, the heating, uh, the lights. You can get information about trips. But the really scary part, and that that just happened to be all that was exposed to the AP, through the uh, app, so those were the only URLs I found. The really scary part is there are probably other unpublished APIs that control the engine, the drivetrain, because the Nissan Leaf is an entirely electric car, so it's all you know, fly-by-wire. A computer can drive uh, drive the car. Luckily, those interfaces weren't exposed uh, in the app, but if somebody stumbled across the, the appropriate URL, uh, that's where it becomes really scary. Many of these vulnerabilities that companies overlook are centered around identity. I mentioned identity was quite important. The two places that tends to fall flat are on the client side, so the user, authenticating the user, securing the app on the on the device, uh, any tokens that grant access. So you can do some interesting things there around two-factor authentication, requiring another form of identification, either biometrics or SMS or uh, challenged questions, and then risk evaluation. You don't want to do those things every time, so if you can actually analyze the user's behavior and recognize uh, differences in that behavior, uh, then you can only then, then you can make it so you only have to raise the, the security posture uh, when they're doing something suspicious. The other end of things is the data access layer. So based on a user uh, or their role, grant them access not only to are only to specific data. So a patient only sees their own health records, or a sales rep only sees his own customers. Uh, and then again, it's nice if you can kind of centralize those rules and identities so you can prove compliance. So if an auditor comes in and says, how can you prove that this user doesn't have access to uh, data that, that they're not supposed to get, or only this user has access to the data that only they're supposed to have, you can show them that you've defined a rule that prohibits access to the data layer. So it doesn't really matter what API access they have or what app access they have, you're still not going to lose data because of that, that rule. It also helps if you use a consistent user repository and a consistent enforcement layer, basically tools to help you help you manage this in a centralized location. Uh, and again, kind of that end-to-end posture uh, is pretty important. Jamie, let's change directions here. Talk to me a little bit about CA's API management portfolio and how you've most recently enhanced it. Sure. So our goal at CA is to make it easy to build applications the way you want them uh, while hiding the painful details. So it's about kind of enablement uh, with a strong foundation of security. Our, our two most recent introductions were mobile app services, uh, CA mobile app services, uh, and CA Live API Creator. So mobile app services provides kind of essential uh, back-end services for building secure mobile apps. It builds on top of our existing mobile application, a mobile API gateway product. Our mobile API gateway basically allows the developer uh, of a mobile app to not really worry about security or about implementing security. It's not something you want the developer to have to deal with. They need to focus on on the user experience. So in our case, you import SDKs while you're building uh, your application, and all you do is make an API call. So a developer makes an API call just as they would normally, and 
the mobile API gateway and the SDK communicate with each other and add the security uh, layer on top. So it creates a secure channel, it provisions certificates to the device, it sets up an OAuth handshake, basically pops up a, a native credential window to get the user's credentials, authenticates that, that user, generates the appropriate tokens. It also does things like allow single sign-on between apps on the same device. It even lets you go across platforms. You can take a session from uh, an app on one device to an app on another device, even across uh, operating systems. So I can go from my, my iPhone to my Samsung tablet. It also integrates with our risk analysis, risk evaluation, uh, and two-factor authentication products to really secure at the level you need uh, based on the user's behavior. Mobile app services provides services on top of that. So it, it takes that as a base and then provides user and group management. So you can create a new user that doesn't exist uh, in, in a directory. Um, you can create a, a temporary user, for instance. You can create groups of users, including ad hoc groups, uh, based on location or some other criteria. So you can actually create a group uh, of everybody in your office building or on your floor or attendees to a certain conference. Uh, and that ad hoc group doesn't exist in the directory anywhere. You don't need to change your enterprise identity management systems, but you can still use that uh, when you're building your app to do things like secure messaging. So if you send a secure message to somebody, it gets encrypted with their information, and only they can read that message on, on their uh, on their app on their device. And we also have pub pub sub interface. So uh, if they're disconnected, if they're not online when you send that message to them, uh, and then they come back online, uh, they'll get the message then. So basically, those those disconnected use cases. Mobile app services also offers secure cloud storage and secure local storage. Uh, so you can store things on the device or store things on the cloud and retrieve them uh, on a session from uh, another device. The other product, uh, Live API Creator, uh, addresses really the early part of the API lifecycle, which is the creation of APIs using a, a very easy-to-use point-and-click interface to extract value from existing data sources, uh, both SQL data sources, kind of relational databases, uh, and NoSQL. So you can bring together multiple data sources uh, into a single API. The other thing we introduced recently was a hybrid version uh, of our API management solution. So we've had on-premise uh, gateways and portals for a long time. Two years ago, we introduced uh, our gateway and portal uh, in the cloud as a SaaS offering, uh, and now we support a hybrid offering where you can keep all of your design time and kind of uh, relationship management things in the portal uh, in, the, in a SaaS offering uh, and bring your uh, routine, your transactions and uh, your really important data on-premise uh, through your, your API gateways there. Jamie, two-part question for you. One, with this portfolio, how do you now help organizations to create APIs? And the second part of it is how do you help ensure better API security? Sure. So we've always been able to create APIs using our API gateway, but it was mainly through composition of uh, other APIs, through adaptation of other legacy interfaces. So if you're doing, uh, if you have SOAP interfaces and you want to expose those as REST, 
Uh, you can do that adaptation on the fly, doing things like protocol mediation, so transforming incoming HTTP to a backend MQ a message that just dropped onto an MQ queue or a JMS queue, a message transformation, so not just uh, XML to JSON, but also to uh, legacy formats. So we've always been able to expose and create APIs of some sort, uh, but Live API, API Creator really takes this a few steps further. So this is a, a platform for exposing APIs of all types. Uh, primarily to start with, uh, these are new APIs from our existing data. So it's always been difficult to get at legacy data uh, either in silos or uh, you're doing M&A or you're trying to kind of revitalize and modernize and build, start building mobile apps uh, from existing, uh, existing resources. So you have this data and you want to expose it, uh, but there hasn't been a way to get that out there quickly. Um, so Live API Creator is all about doing this quickly, robustly, and securely. So simple point-and-click interface to create APIs from every single table, view, and serve procedure in your database. You can instantly consume those. So we've got API documentation, so you can immediately start making those calls. Uh, here's your endpoint. Here's how to authenticate. Uh, here's how you interact with it. It optimizes both the client side and the server side. So on the server side, it does things like pruning, caching, optimistic locking, optimization of all the SQL queries that are going uh, to the backend database. It does all of the joins automatically for you. You don't have to write a single line of SQL. So at the start of this conversation, I talked about kind of the pain you have to go through to connect to that data layer, uh, write SQL, parameterize it. All that's taken care of for you. There's also optimization on the client side. So we've got pagination, sorting, filtering. We've got sample code, documentation, slider docs that you can import into a client and, and start to make those calls. So really it makes things easier on the client side as well, which is previously has been kind of a, a pain. You can then start building additional custom resources, so not just the, the tables and views, kind of, kind of single one-to-one -one mappings, but resources that span across tables and across databases. So you're really building relationships between data sources uh, and provides you a really solid foundation for building an application, uh, especially a mobile app where you're going to need a customer and their orders and line items within that order uh, or an employee and their employee record and their manager and hierarchy. You need all those things together, and those relationships are defined in the database, so why not discover that metadata and turn those into a nice, robust API? You can customize what that looks like, the shape of the API, what the fields look like. So it's not like you're looking at your database. It's like you're looking at a robust enterprise class API. And then we define logic on top of that. So again, at the start of the conversation, we talked about the pain of writing a bunch of Java code or .NET code or nowadays Node.js code. Um, you shouldn't have to write code. And if you do, it should be an afterthought. It should be the, the last thing if you need some extensibility. So what we have is called reactive logic. So you define simple relationships between data fields uh, in different tables or even across different databases. And all of those rules are enforced at runtime. So if I make a transaction that changes a field, that field has some dependencies. Those rules could execute on that field. That could change another field. 
those backfield might have dependencies and so on. So it's very similar to a spreadsheet where if you update a field in a spreadsheet, any formulas that are dependent on that field are also going to update automatically. So you're getting your application logic without having to write all the application code. And it's much, much simpler than doing the same thing in code. And because it's done at the data layer in these simple data relationships, you get many, many use cases done with just a few of these simple rules. If you need to, you can extend that through Java and JavaScript. So you can write code. But again, it should be an afterthought, a last-minute thing, a call-out to a third-party service. It should not be code-first, code-heavy, process-heavy. It's all about rapid time to value and getting that data out to market where you can actually make new money from it and open up new business models. Of course, key to all of this is security. So you asked about how do we help ensure better API security. And again, every layer matters. So in the data access layer in Live API Creator, we define security for any user or any role at really any layer, at a database layer, at a row layer, column layer, field, operation, resource, endpoint. So any of the any of the interfaces that you're exposing, you can now define declarative security. So this sales rep can only see fields in the database table, uh, in the customer table, uh, where they are the sales rep for that customer. This patient can only see fields in the database that are related to their record. Now, obviously, they're not going out to do this directly. They're going at some API. They're going at some application that's built on top of that API. But because you define it centrally at that layer in a very declarative fashion, you have one place to go to to point to that says, Mr. Compliance Officer, Mr. Auditor, right here I'm defining this user will never have access to data other than their own. And so you don't have to search through code. You don't have to grind through logs and prove that no data has ever gotten out to a given user that wasn't their own. You can say, here's the security based on the user or based on their role for this API. And then going all the way up the stack, I've already talked about kind of how the mobile API gateway secures the, the protocol layer, the message layer, and then building on top of that, mobile app services secures those new features uh, that you need to build really enterprise-class APIs for use cases that require the most intense security. So financial services and healthcare, energy and utilities, and uh, other regulated uh, industries. So really, it's, it's important that that secure posture is maintained in hand. Jamie, final question for you. What do you hear from your customers? In other words, what are the tangible business benefits that they now see and they're reporting back to you? Sure. So let's talk about Live API Creator first. It's really pretty easy to demonstrate ROI with a product like this. So our customers would be writing code. They'd have to deploy, compile, deploy, and maintain that code. Uh, they have lots of developers. Uh, they need to understand SQL. They need to understand Java, .NET, Node, whatever the, the language may be. 
They need to design the API. And you can immediately go in and say, click, 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 here are your APIs. A few more clicks, here's a custom API that goes across multiple databases, which is incredibly difficult to do in straight code and to uh, maintain relationships across those. So you just immediately get that kind of immediate value. Then when you get into our reactive logic, this is code that you would have to be writing. So instead of defining hundreds and hundreds of lines of code, um, you can define just a, a few short rules. So we've actually done comparisons with kind of some of our, our demo use cases where we define the, the rules for 12 different use cases uh, in a given environment in reactive logic, and it ends up with about five rules, five lines. Defining the same thing, so we had an expert coder go in and define the same thing in Java to interact with the database, uh, and then database triggers and Java application logic to maintain that data consistency. So when one thing updates, another thing has to, another function has to get called, those sorts of things that are all just happen automatically uh, when our system recognizes that a change comes in. And we're talking at least 40 times uh, more concise uh, in terms of rules versus logic. And every line of code that you don't write is a line of code that you don't have to maintain. So not only are you dealing with five lines instead of 200 or more, you don't have to maintain those 200 lines of code. And when a change needs to be made or there's a new requirement for your application, you don't have to go in and figure out where that new, uh, your new line of code goes and test for all kinds of regressions and uh, figure out when to call it and whether this affects your other use cases. In our case, all of those rules are automatically reordered, uh, re-optimized, and automatically executed whenever they're needed based on the, the API coming in. So there's some really impressive benefits, and the time to market is, is at least 10 acts when you're talking how you do this today uh, versus how you do this in, in Live API Creator. And you find similar value and kind of return on investment uh, at all of the levels. So and security itself is hard to put a price on, but being able to secure your implementation and not be the next name in the news, there's some pretty significant value. Uh, when you're not the, uh, the company that everybody's laughing at because they didn't secure their APIs uh, and they got hacked and, and their customer records got stolen. Also, taking kind of legacy interfaces, legacy services, soap services, taking multiple backend interfaces, making those more mobile-friendly by combining them into a single API, by doing some simple orchestration. Those are all kinds of things that, that our gateway does very, very well and provides pretty significant value. And then the value of a developer ecosystem, whether internal or external, uh, really can't be overlooked either. So our API developer portal builds that relationship with your developers. It gives you the documentation. It lets you try it out. It manages the applications that you're building, the API plans. So it gives you entirely new business models around how you distribute and uh, interact with your customers, your developers, uh, your applications, your employees. And really, it's all about kind of changing the way you do business, becoming a digital business by enabling your enterprise 
uh, while maintaining security so that you don't have to worry about it. Very good, Jamie. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate we've, it. We've been talking about reimagining API creation. I've been speaking with Jamie Ryan, Senior Director of Product Management and Strategy with CA Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.